And now, broadcasting from a two-person hot tub, high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK and Rick. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown, the COVID-19 virus pandemic. I've got my good friends PK and Scotty Malort with me. How are you guys? Hey, guys. Doing good. Very good. Very good. How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. You know, it's it's uh, starting to weigh on everybody, I think. We're all uh, getting on each other's nerves, and uh, the three of us aren't because we haven't seen each other. We're uh, obviously <laughs> remote, True. keeping our social distance. But, uh, you know, I I've been sitting around a lot and thinking about our good friend Robbie and how much we miss him and uh, just wondering how he'd be handling this whole pandemic, you know? Oh, I bet he'd be uh, sitting on a lawn chair in the garage drinking an IPA thinking about his lovely wife working at the hospital as a nurse and taking care of everybody. I think be you're proud right. of her. That'd be absolutely correct. I'm, I believe that's exactly what he'd be doing. He'd, uh, and actually, I bet he is doing that, just in a different garage. Right. I bet he is. And, uh, you know, he was always so proud of his wife who's uh, in the healthcare industry, and I'm, uh, she's out there on the front line uh, for all of us now, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. God bless her. She's a great lady. She is. So uh, today's guest is uh, Dr. Dave Moyer from the Elmhurst School District 205. He's the superintendent. We'll be talking with him in a few minutes. So you guys have any uh, have any questions you want me to to ask him when I have a chance to talk to him? I got to believe he's freaking out today because today was supposed to be opening day and he's a big baseball fan. He is a big baseball fan. Uh, I don't know if uh, his uh, beloved Brewers uh, were opening today. I didn't really look at the schedule, but I know the White Sox were uh, supposed to open at home today, right? I believe he's missing the Brewers and the Cubs. So he's probably a little extra sad today. Yeah, he's missing them both. (laughs) So uh, right. any, and any on, on top you... on top of that, it, it well it's spring break week in, in District two hundred five. So on top of that, uh, this is how he's spending his spring break. So yeah, I don't oh, think wow. his uh, yeah, I don't think this is his best spring break ever. What do you guys think? <laughs> Probably not. Probably you not. Know, there's there, there's a lot going on here. Um, you know, he's going to have to face things like e learning if and when the kids do get back to school this spring. Uh, it may be not in the physical classroom, so it's a different time for education. So I'd be curious to see what Dr. Moyer has to say about that. Yeah, I would think I would think his philosophy is there's no spring break without baseball. Huh. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to have a chance to ask him about baseball, but I I might. We'll see. He uh, he's got a lot on his plate right now. So, guys, thanks sure. so much, and uh, we'll be calling Dr. Moyer next. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Today is Friday, March 27th, 2020, and I have Dr. David Moyer, Superintendent of Elmhurst Community Unit School District 205 on the phone. That's the K-12 through public school district serving most of Elmhurst and parts of Oak Brook, Bensonville, and Addison. Welcome, Dr. Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk with you again. Good to talk with you, too, and thanks for spending some virtual time with us, keeping our social distance. Um, my podcast yeah. partners asked me to ask you one lighthearted question before we get into the the seriousness of the the situation. And that is, 
How did you make it through yesterday, which should have been opening day, being the big baseball fan you are? You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, adjusting to, to slowing things down a little bit and having to work differently and um, all the various different things that everybody else is, is having to deal with, uh, whatever their personal situation is. Um, you know, I, I think that our family's been able to do all right, but I did... I really did start to get to the point where I was just thinking, man, I just really miss baseball. So um, obviously there are a lot more important things going on right now, um, but I, I sure wish that I sure wish that the guys were playing ball. Well, we're all we we're all thinking of you yesterday, knowing what a big baseball fan you are. So um, outside of a hospital, I think schools may have the toughest job coping with you know this pandemic. Um, I'm sure you had prepared some for it, but until you actually experience it, it's hard to imagine how difficult operating this way can be. So I know that uh, this week was scheduled to be spring break and the children won't be allowed back in the school buildings for sure next week and, and for the foreseeable future. I know at least through April 8th, and I know you're planning to roll out an e-learning concept. Um, so for now, how long are the school buildings off limits to students? Just until April 8th for sure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping that the governor would. Uh, uh, I guess I was. I was assuming that the governor was going to make a statement that would at least uh, coincide with the amount of time that the Chicago public schools are out, and um, he has yet to do that. And I'm anticipating that we're most likely going to be out beyond April eighth, and the sooner we we get official word of that. Um, the easier it'll be for everybody to move into a longer term planning kind of mode. Um, so I'm hoping I'm hoping some of that additional information um, comes soon. But definitely that would definitely we won't be before the eighth. What has the Chicago School District said is their date? Um, you know, I'm trying to think now. I think the twentieth. Beyond April eighth. Yeah, I think before? it's April. No, it's beyond. I okay. think that they said the. I think they said the twenty first. I think. Okay. Okay. But I, I, I can't. I, I, I don't know the exact date. But it's definitely, it's definitely a couple weeks out yet. Beyond uh, uh, April eighth. Gotcha. So, um, I just right before uh, we got on this call, I noticed you had sent out a communication to the community. Um, and communications, you know, it's kind of a fine balance. If you communicate too much, nobody will read what you send. And if you don't do it enough, they're upset. So it, it's really great that I think you, you got a good balance out there of, of the amount of time you, or the amount you've been communicating. So I noticed you had three main points in your communication, and you also did a video with that. And one was, the first was social distancing. What can you say about that? Well, I just... Uh was becoming increasingly irritated ever since this began that, that there were people that didn't seem to be actually taking this seriously. Um, and, you know, when you saw the pictures of the, the people on spring break or, um, you know, the other day when the weather was nice, uh, you saw people um, uh, not uh, necessarily following the uh, guidelines. And we've had it in our district where, uh, primarily our older kids have been um, kind of self-organizing with some of their ball teams and things like that. And our coaches have been really good about emphasizing um, the importance of, you know, you know, individual workouts being fine and stuff like that, but you shouldn't congregate in groups. And, um, you know, the kids, 
uh, had a hard time. Obviously, uh, they've been wanting to play ball. They've been cooped up, and, you know, I understand. Um, but it's just too important right now for people to compromise public health. I mean, we're talking about, you know, um, a, a, a massive crisis uh, that nobody in our generation has seen. Uh, and and I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's time to compromise, you know, the... Um, guidelines that are being handed down by the experts at this point. And, and so, you know, I want everybody to be safe. I want everybody to come back. I'm hoping maybe the IHSA might extend some stuff into June. If things start looking a little bit better, I have no idea if that'll happen. I'm, I'm not even suggesting that it will, but there's a lot of different things that, that hopefully can start to begin uh, returning to normal soon. Right. But the sooner I mean, the more that people uh, adhere to these guidelines, the sooner that normalcy can return and the more people uh, are going to stay healthy. And I just don't want anybody to get sick. And I um, and and some people are going to get sick and we just want to minimize that to the greatest extent possible. Our health care systems are are completely overburdened. Um, I've been talking with the hospital. and, uh, you know, they're hanging in there, but it's getting tougher every day. And so uh, some people may not be living that or experiencing that and realizing or, or they may be thinking, well, this is New York or this is a city. It's not happening here. And they just have to get out of that mindset and take it seriously. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's a great message you you put in today's communication. Also, you had a couple of positive messages one about donations and one about uh, some science equipment at York High School. Can you elaborate on those? Yeah, well, the um, uh, federal government is reimbursing us for meals, and so we are uh, trying to continue to feed people. But uh, due to some uh, internal organizational issues, we we weren't able uh, to be able to um, accommodate that over over the spring break week. And so we... uh, I had a local business contact me, uh, ask about getting involved, and different PTAs were starting to ask about doing some different things to get involved. And so what I did is um, I called a couple local pastors that I know. I got back in touch with the local business. Chick-fil-A was the one that actually reached out to us. And then um, one of our former board members, Emily Bastido, was very interested in getting involved. And I thought instead of having a splintered kind of a thing, we could be more effective. And my big goal was just to try to get us through spring break because I knew there was a gap there. Um, and then uh, Emily uh, got in touch with the foundation. Uh, and I think I, I think I may have had some conversations with them or communications. People might have started brokering some of these relationships. And the next thing you know, they were off and running and they've, they've raised uh, uh, $40,000 uh, already That's to uh, go to local food banks. Um, and one of the ideas that they did that I thought was just outstanding was um, they allocated $10,000 of that uh, to gift cards so that the food would be in, in the form of gift cards to local businesses to help some of these people that are trying to keep their doors open as well. And um, that that was a, a great idea. I thought that's a win-win. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the other things I tried to encourage in in my message too today um, is for those with the means. You know, the business community was there for us when we needed to get a referendum passed. 
they need us now. You know, if you have the means, um, try to, you know, carry out once in a while or, or delivery, do delivery once in a while um, as, as your family can or as the schedule allows. If, if you're somebody who can do that, um, you know, these people are struggling and uh, it's tough on them. And we, we want, we want their, well, I was going to say, we want them to be able to open their doors when it's time and we want them to all be viable and we want to help them bridge that gap. And, um, you know, they, those local businesses are the ones that support the schools and the community when you're trying to sell ads and programs and, you know, whatever else you need. And, um, so I just wanted, I just wanted, uh, our families to try to keep them in mind a little bit if, if they're in a position where they can. And I assume today's uh, email and video message are accessible from your website, Elmhurst205.org, correct? Uh, they should be. Okay. They should be. They usually just post that stuff on the website. And, you know, we do have a YouTube channel that that stuff um, gets archived on. But okay. I would imagine since it's new that, you know, the live link would be included on the, the latest uh Okay. The latest information. I, I was on a different call prior to this, and so I have not actually uh, been on the website or seen that yet, but that's typically what they do. Okay, so I know you've got a huge, huge endeavor in rolling out this e-learning concept. Um, you know, there's obviously the technology aspect of it. There's, there's teaching the children to use it, the students, and there's also the staff. So how do you get that accomplished? That just has to be an enormous undertaking. Well, it was. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever been more proud of a team that I've been associated with, and I've been associated with a lot of teams in my life. And um, what these people did to organize and uh, pull this off in a short period of time, um, I had kind of made the decision, I think, before some other schools that we were going to need to close. And, um, and so we started preparing, and... Really, it was about, we got this whole thing off the ground in about 48 to 72 hours. And the, the work that the people did, and, and it, it, was, it was extremely impressive. Our administrators, our instructional coaches, our tech staff, um, uh, and then um, our teachers uh, council, Elmer's teachers council has been very cooperative in this process and working with us to try to make sure that we can keep education going in our community. And the... Um, uh, five emergency days that uh, the state has allowed for e-learning as part of legislation that, that came out of a, a pilot uh, about, started about four years ago. Uh, there was a pilot, then there was some legislation, and I think that um, last year was the first year that any schools in the state actually applied for the e-learning days. And they were basically meant to replace snow days. Um, and those types of things so that you wouldn't have to make days up at the end of the year. They weren't supposed to be a permanent um, technology-based delivery system um, like you see with blended learning or distance learning type models that, that are becoming um, uh, increasingly popular. And so our tech committee had not uh, even developed the emergency plans at that point. It wasn't our, our biggest tech priority, though that was something that we were going to be working on. So not only did we do that, but now we're at the point where we have to uh, start working on, you know, how do we, how do we make these um, uh, remote learning, which is the, the term I think that the state is going to use, these remote learning experiences, meaningful and valuable for kids over an extended period of time, not just in a... Um, 
where, where they're actually doing, you know, meaningful standards aligned in learning and not just, not just busy work. Um, and I think that when you talked about the technology piece, the biggest, one of the biggest issues is uh, dealing with the people that um, do not have uh, access to internet or devices in their home. Um, our 612 students uh, are able to take their Chromebooks home. Um, and so it was trying to figure out what to do at the EC5 level for people that didn't have technology at home and, and uh, how to um, uh, mobilize getting, getting um, devices in their hands and making sure they had access to internet. We're still not completely there yet, but we've done a pretty good job taking care of the majority of the needs. And a lot of people did a lot of really good work on that as well. So do you think it'll be a little bit of an experiment for the teachers in the beginning as to how they conduct their lessons? Well, I do uh, for a couple reasons. Even the ones that are um, more advanced with tech um, haven't actually delivered instruction in this way. And one of the things, one of the keys is that you have to start you know, releasing um, things to students and turning over some autonomy to students, and it's it's a different it's a different uh, way of approaching it. And some people have to learn some things just because it's different. But the other piece of it is some of our people are in different places with tech, and so um, some of them will be learning how to actually um, more efficiently navigate uh, the actual technology and technology platforms that we have and the different access to resources that we have uh, from a personal learning standpoint um, we, we have people that are going to be in different places and so that's that's as we develop this plan for what looks like it might be a, uh, a longer term uh, less of a short-term type fix uh, one of the conversations I'm going to have on, on Monday actually uh, with our learning and teaching people is the professional learning piece that has to go along with this um, if we're going to make this meaningful for the students, we have to have teachers, uh, you know, know how, how to maximize it. And um, there's a lot of information out there by a lot of the professional associations that we could tap into. We don't really have to invent it ourselves, but we just have to help people who are not up to speed, you know, get up to speed sure. in a pretty short period of time. So real, real quick, I know you said, you're not exactly sure how long this is uh, the actual closure of the buildings is going to last. Um, is it fair to say that for now you're planning on summer school going forward as planned, at least from today's perspective? Well, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't, I don't anticipate. So even if we have to push things back uh, into the summer, um, I, I think I think we have to try to figure out how to keep summer school going. Um, and, you know, my biggest concern is not the enrichment piece of summer school where kids are taking extra classes or classes that they enjoy. It's, it's about the um, uh, interventions and the different things that we need to do for some of our disadvantaged learners who need the extra support over the summer that I want to make sure somehow or another uh, we're able to support, and then anything else that we can support that we normally would, we certainly will as well. But it's just really hard to say. I mean, right. I think that the, the the best information we have right now is that we might, I mean, I, I don't want to jump the gun and I don't want to alarm anybody, but I'm almost certain that this is going to go uh, past. Well, I, 
it's going to go past April 8th. It's just a matter of when the governor makes an announcement. All I right, think. I, I agree with you. I think that's that's uh, the conventional wisdom. Um, did I don't remember how much notice the families got that the schools would be closing uh, well in advance of spring break. So my question is, did did the students get a chance to get things from their lockers, their desks, et cetera? And if not, is there still an opportunity to do that? Well, we made the decision on, on the Thursday night that we were going to go out. So we called the late arrival on Friday to help teachers get up to speed with what's going on. And then we, uh, later that day, made sure that all of the um, – kids uh, were informed that they need to clean out their lockers and they need to bring their tech home. Gotcha. And then we um, uh, made that announcement on that Friday afternoon. And so the, the kids that were most affected were the kids that maybe were out that day that weren't in school. And we had some provisions. We had some technology pickup days and some things like that. So for the most part, we're pretty good right now. Okay. Uh, but we do want to keep our buildings closed. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, In terms of activities obviously the activities sports music plays and that are not taking place what's uh do you have any uh thoughts on how graduation might go assuming that you know that you're back in the buildings at the beginning of may that that in theory should go on as normal correct well here's what i think i think that i think that may is probably uh a hopeful um time to 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 think about um, I, I would be surprised if it's before that, but I'm not speaking with any type of official sanction, just my opinion. Um, so then if you're thinking uh, graduation, you know, that's, that's another three weeks into May. The question, the question that we all have to monitor is the concern that people have about a second wave of this after we flatten the curve. So right. we may allow things to gradually return to normal, but we may, we may say we don't want 5,000 people in the gym. You know, right. so I, I don't know what the public health uh, position is going to be uh, in seven weeks. And so, you know, I, I'd like to be able to give people more uh, uh, definitive statements than I've been able to give. Right. It's just that I can't. I just don't know. Totally understood. And that, that was a great answer. Um, in terms of staff, uh, I know the teachers are, are not at the buildings. Are there any... Uh, you know, staff that just needs to be in their offices, whether it be at the district office or at the individual schools? Yeah, so we, we um, have, have uh, told everybody not to report to work from home unless their supervisor, um, unless there's some direct uh, need that, that has to be filled that can't be filled from home. And so those types of things have involved, like the tech distribution, um, occasionally some of the, the maintenance and custodial people. Um, but we, we did close the district office and, um, occasionally some of the people from the business office have to take care of, uh, you know, processing things that come in the mail or whatever. But, uh, for the most part, we're, we're pretty close to shut down. Uh, we're, we're trying to keep everybody out of the buildings. Um, we want to, uh, be able to, uh, have, have, you know, A, we clean them, and then B, we want to make sure that there's there's no uh, um, incubation uh, of the virus that occurs before we let people back in the buildings, and we'll need to clean them again and, and, and continue to maintain, you know, uh, proper uh, sanitary uh, practices, but 
I, do, I don't want to have people interacting with each other. You know, I want to do everything we can to keep all of our people safe. Sure. And the more traffic we have in the buildings, the more opportunity there could be for people to contract the virus. And um, we, we, wanna, we want to, you know, maintain the continuity of education. That's the phrase that's being used. But we want to keep our people safe. Well, one other question related to the buildings, and that is uh, I've seen on social media a rumor that one of the school buildings may be um, a site for daycare for healthcare workers. Is that, can you confirm that? Um, well, that was, that was, uh, uh, got out prematurely. That was an initial conversation when the governor closed the daycares and said that people, you know, had to apply for provisional status and then um, uh, would open that up for the essential healthcare workers and, and the other things. You know, uh, the hospital contacted uh, the city, and um, I then um, got in contact with some people from the hospital, and we started uh, some conversations with other local organizations and entities to try to see uh, what we could do to try to help support them. And, you know, um, now I think more of the daycares are opening back up because they're getting the... Uh, 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 permission to do so from the state. And so we have shifted a little bit to trying to see what we can do to help the hospital out with um, supplies like our, you know, goggles, gloves, um, anything we may have in our science labs or things like that, that, that they could utilize. We're trying to help them out, but we haven't had any continued discussions about daycare for several days now. Okay. It was more of a preliminary planning type of thing that what would we have to do if we got in a situation where this became necessary and it, so many moving parts, it really was premature for that to get out publicly. And, um, at this point, there's no specific plans to, to move in that direction. It was more of mobilizing the community in case certain emergency measures might, sure. you know, be, be required. Well, thanks for putting that to rest. Uh, just a couple more questions. I know you're busy. Um, one is, uh, the board meetings, are they going, about on their regular schedule, and are they virtual? All the board meetings for now, uh, we're making plans to go to a virtual platform, and we'll have those in place for our April meetings. Uh, we're we're going to have a virtual finance committee meeting. We need to keep uh, certain things uh, moving forward that are in place right now related to the construction project or um, other, other things that um, have to do with student fees and planning for the following school year and whatever. Um, that we would normally have to do this time of year. And then um, we're debating whether or not we want to hold the uh, April 14th board meeting because that is a, uh, an informational meeting where we do a lot of presentations and things. That's not the meeting where we do the business and approve the bills. Okay. So that is something I just talked with our board president about. I don't know that there's been a, a decision on that, but if it's held, it, it um, uh, would almost cool because I can't imagine anyway that that people are going to be back up and running. Right, so it's and the April twenty eighth meeting, yeah, okay. the April twenty eighth meeting we have to hold. Okay, and uh, because that that's the one where we have to uh, you know pay the bills and and do the do some official business. But again, most likely we're expecting that'll be a virtual meeting as well. Okay, um, want to mention again that there's a lot of information on Elmhurst two hundred five dot org your website, and I want to. I want to ask you one more personal question, and that is, 
what are you doing at home with your family uh, to keep busy and maybe reconnect uh, where a lot of folks in society haven't stayed as connected as they did a generation ago? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, I've, I've had some Twitter posts and things like that related to that where, you know, I'm hoping that long term, maybe some people will have some perspective return. You know, I'm not overly optimistic because I think people have short memories and, um, you know, maybe this won't have as much of a lasting impact. But I think there's some lessons to be learned. And I think if people can internalize and reflect a little bit on some of this, um, you know, the importance of community and, and is so critical and the importance of family is so critical. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I think we need to think about those things. For me, uh, you know, we have been playing some family games and doing some things. We've been making some meals at home and doing some of those kinds of things. And, you know, I've had to work a lot from home, but uh, um, you, you got a little bit more control over your um, um schedule the way you schedule your your time because you're not being interrupted all the time but then at the same time you don't because everything changes so quickly you don't know what to expect and all of a sudden 15 minutes later some different information emerges and so i've had to stay a little bit flexible but we have been spending some time doing some things and making some meals and some stuff like that and it's been it's been nice to have that ability to do that i know um uh, not everybody has that luxury Uh, some people um, are expected to report to work. Some people have been laid off of work, um, and, and everybody's situation is different. So, you know, I say those things, but I'm also very sensitive to the fact that um, some people um, are, are, are having some challenges managing this. And um, so, I, uh, you know, my heart goes out to everybody who's uh, struggling right now, and uh, we'll do everything we can to support our families for sure. And, um, Everybody follows the guidelines. Maybe we get back a little sooner rather than later. I uh, I want to commend you and your staff and know that your community is here to help. And thank you for joining us and keep up the good work, Dr. Moyer. Yeah, thanks a lot, Rich. I appreciate it. It's always fun talking with you. So thanks. I've got my good friend, Slappy Sal, our half Italian food critic on the line. How are you, Sal? Hey, I'm good, Ricky. How you doing over there? I'm good. You staying safe? I am. I'm hunk, still hunkered down here in my half kitchen in the basement of my south side abode. Yeah, I bet you, you're cooking up some, some nice half dishes, Sal? We are. I got some ravs going, you know, the usual. So I know you're Nothing still crazy. Uh, supporting our local restaurants. So tell us what's on your restaurant radar, so to speak, on on the local scene. I am, Rick. You know, I was thinking about it last night, and uh you know, there's so many good places to go eat in town, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're so saying, So I thought, I thought, you know, it might be nice to help people out a little bit in town and give them some ideas of things that Slappy Sal likes to order when he goes to these places. And these are things you can get uh, curbside takeout these days. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. All right, so here we go. Here's my here's Slappy Sal's top ten list of things to eat in E-Town. Ready for this? I, I, I hope I'm ready, Sal. Sometimes I worry okay. about you, but you go ahead. That's fair. You're not wrong. So here we go. No particular order here, okay? Okay. And uh, some of these are on the north side. Some of these are on the south side. Some of these are in the middle of town. All over the place, right? So here we go. Top ten. First off, you need an appetizer, right? Got to get an app. I say 
you go get some calamari at Francesca's. Francesca's Amici over there on York, right in the middle of the city center. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. So hold, yeah. I assume they're they're open during this uh, for, for curbside service, right? They are indeed. All right. You can go get some calamari. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, can you pronounce so, that again for me? I always say calamari. calamari. How do you, you pronounce that? Yeah. Well, you, you you can say calamari if you'd like, calamari. but it's a calamari. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So after that, makes logical sense to sell. You want to get some soup, right? Of course. You get your app going today. You know you're gonna get some soup. So Zupa. You want to stop. You, yeah, right. You're, you're catching on. Yeah, yeah. So you want to stop over at Armand's over by the tracks and get some pasta fajol soup. Can't beat it. And Dean Martin it's sang good. about that, didn't he? That's he a did. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's good, and it's good for you. Dino. Right? Dino. He's the guy. Yep. Francis Albert and Dino, that's where it's at. <laughs> there you go. Right? Two parts so, of the Trinity, right? I don't know who the third is, but I'll let you figure that out. Yeah, well, we... We, we know that. We, we won't get into that. Trini Lopez? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not Pia Zadora, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so what's right. next on the list? So now? now so now we got some entree choices here. Ready for this? I got a few good ones here. You're going to like these. Ready? You know, if you're feeling like it's a chicken day, you want to go up north to Yorkies on North York Road. You know what that is? Oh, I know Yorkies love that place. Right. Roasted chicken at Yorkies can't be the best in town. Boom. So that's your chicken option, right? If you don't want to go that way and you want something a little meatier, I'm going to throw out the steak sandwich over at Silverado. It's a classic. Been nice. there forever. Can't nice. go wrong. Solid, right? So you got your chicken. You got your steak. Um, I got maybe some pasta choices for you. Something to think about here, right? Stuffed shells at the Leo's over at York and Butterfield. Mama Dalia will cook you up some shells. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, we, we do that a lot at sales family parties. Can't go wrong there, right? Nice. So I thought I'd give you some more options. Ready? I'm ready. Um, if, if, if you want to go, I know you're a brisket guy, right, Ricky? Oh, I love you, you like brisket. brisket. Love me some brisket. Yeah. Red Arrow Tap Room. They got a lot of good stuff over at Red Arrow. Brisket, solid. Right? Loving it. So if you're feeling brisket, that's where you go, right? So I got another. I got another one for you. If you're feeling like a sandwich, you want something a little different, okay. feeling a little frisky, you want to you want to get something a little more exciting in your life. Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Oh, I over love those. Fry the coop, right? Right over near North and eighty three. Oh, good stuff. You get your level of heat. You want a real hot? Fire it up. You want it not so hot? Go ahead. You know, choice is up to you, right? Liking it. All right, so I got a couple of dessert choices before I give you the Flappy Sal special. Okay. So you, you're going to need some dessert after eating this, right? So I got a couple of choices for you. You, you know about Courageous Bakery? Correct. Correct. I know them. They're right? brave. Stop and get some, get some cupcakes for the kids, right? Can't go wrong there. Right. That's what they do best. So you stop over Courageous, get some cupcakes, or if you're feeling like you want something a little more Italian, Go over to Wes's on Spring Road. Lemon ice. Boom. Oh, how about their cannoli? Oh, they make a nice, they, you know, they make a nice cannoli. They got a nice cannoli dip as well for parties. When, oh, yeah. when the party scene gets vibrant again, get some cannoli dip from Wes's. But in the meanwhile, stop and pull over and get some lemon ice. So that leads us to number one on sales list. Okay. No more. How, how do you say that in uh, 
half Italian, so one. That's how we do that. Gotcha. Right? Number one. So number one here over here, right? You go over to Roberto's and you order the Slampy South special. You ready for this? Okay. Pizza, garlic, spinach, or in English, spinach, fresh tomato. Garlic, oh, spinach, tomato pizza. Spinach. Sorry. Spinach, I'm telling you. Yeah, garlic, spinach, tomato. Oh, fantastic. A little something different, you know. Sal usually likes his pizza with, you know, some pepperoni or maybe some sausage. But mix it up a little bit. Get some veggies on your pizza. Give it a whirl. You know, these are crazy times. So that's Sal's top ten list of menu items you can get curbside right now during this uh, pandemic time we're in. I love it, Sal. We think I, of that, I agree Ricky. with all your picks in terms of the order, the, the spinach. I mean, the Roberto's Restaurante is a great place. The spinach is not my thing. But uh, yeah, well, you know, no, I'll no, have to give you my perfect. top ten list on the next time we talk. Well, you say stay I safe down it. there in your half Italian kitchen, okay, Sal? All right, Ricky, hang in there. We'll talk to you. Okay, thanks, bud. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.